0: Good day, everybody. Today we will be talking about praying for our leaders. The verse of the day is found in First Timothy chapter two, verses one to four, and it says, "I urge then first of all that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authorities, that we may live peacefully and quiet lives." In all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. Heavenly Father, Lord, we are thankful for your word. We acknowledge that your word is the lamp of our feet and the light to our path. We pray, Father, that you would enable us, Lord, to grow our faith as we meditate your word. And we acknowledge, Lord God, that your word is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, pursing to the divisions of souls and of spirit, of joints and of marrows, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Lord, bless your word. This we ask and thank in Jesus' name. Amen. This year, 2021, is a year we are still fighting against COVID-19. We're seeing how many nations suffer from the effect of this global pandemic, whether in the aspect of the economy, health, education, security, and so much more. There are people that are satisfied with the measures that our global leaders are doing, while others are not satisfied. We see it on the news and in the social media. So what is the real score? Are we winning or losing? But honestly, even though I am not a political expert and this is just my opinion and then maybe most of you will agree with me whether pandemic or not, whether it's your president or not the harsh truth is every one of us will never be satisfied. We all have different strategies and leaderships. We all have different favorites and not. Another reason why we are not winning this war It is because the enemy wants to breed in confusion and division among us. He is doing that because he knows that a house divided cannot stand. In the same breath, people, nations, culture, and the world entirely, if divided, will not progress and cannot stand. And we know for the fact that our enemy is not our leaders. We know for a fact that our battles are not are not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. You know, if we want to triumph, I believe it is not by passing so many laws nor changing any administration. Why? Because we witness that so much, not just once, but many times why is that maybe because our strategy failed maybe because we are not that united enough in battling the same enemy i know that we know the plan already and yet we execute differently now this is the time to let go our different strategies and set aside our differences and calm and unite as one in fighting one enemy So my question is this, what is the best thing to do as a church? What is our strategy to achieve everlasting change? First lesson that we can learn from the passage is that make prayer a priority. They said in 1 Timothy 2 verse 1, First of all, then I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made. When Paul said to the church of Ephesus the phrase, First of all, Paul admonishes all the believers to make prayer a priority, not prayer as the last resort. Too often, we see prayer as an exit plan. Like we only pray whenever we are in danger. God wants his church to pray and to make prayer a priority. And if you notice, Paul mentions the words supplications, intercessions, and thanksgiving. Now, these are all forms of prayer. So, what is the point? Yes, all of these are all forms of prayers, but these types of prayers has specific purposes. And if you notice, prayer for self is mentioned only once, and that is supplication, meaning prayer for one's benefit is just a portion of our prayer time. Meanwhile, the next words like intercession prayer and thanksgiving prayer denote praying for the benefit of others. In other words, when we pray, one third of our prayer time is allotted in praying for our needs. On the other hand, other two third is praying for the needs of others. But too often, We took away the other two-thirds by praying for the benefit of ourselves. This is the sad truth, and I even realized it and repented while preparing this message. How often do I pray for others? Don't get me wrong. Let me clarify myself. I am praying for others, but whenever someone would ask me to pray for him or her but when I look at my prayer time and my prayer calendar most of the time I'm praying for my needs my wants and my personal concerns question is that how much time do we spend praying for our friends especially those who are working in the government and then I realize not that much and i hope that this will call us to repentance and evaluate our prayer time not to be selfish and include others in prayers the second lesson that we can learn from the passage is this pray for our leaders 1 timothy chapter 2 verses 1 to 2 it says for all people for kings and all who are in high positions that we may lead a peaceful and quiet lives Godly and dignified in every way. Paul exhorted the church to pray for all people. That includes presidents and government officials. Since God wants his church to pray for all people from the word all, he wants us to pray, not just for the selected few, but to pray for all people, including the government leaders. No matter what a political party or what political color they belong, for God doesn't show partiality. We should pray to our government leaders because they are God's agents here on earth to enforce the law and justice. But we cannot deny the fact that there is injustice, corruption, or violation of human rights, and God knows that. After all, They are accountable to God. And we are accountable to God as well. And our role as a church is to pray that God will give our leaders wisdom. After all, the fear of the Lord is a beginning of wisdom. That every one of them may lead peacefully and godly in every way. The third and last lesson that we can learn from this passage is this. Pray for the salvation of our leaders. 1 Timothy chapter 2 verses 1 to 4 it says, For all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good and it is pleasing in the sight of our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. We pray for salvation for all people, that includes the President, to the Senators, to the Congress, to the Governors, and to the Mayors. This I guarantee you, safe government officials are not corrupt, but corrupt government officials are not safe. This is the reason why we are committed in reaching out the youth. Why? Because the next president, the next senator, the next mayor are in the campus. I know that we cry for change all the time. But true change happened to discipled nations. And I think God is calling us for repentance. That instead of praying, we criticize. Instead of evangelizing and discipling the next generation leaders, we ignore them. I hope that the Word of God will convict us and push us, the disciple, the youth. Now as I am, what is the best thing to do as a church? What is our strategies to achieve everlasting change? First, make prayer a priority. Second, pray for our leaders. Third, pray for the salvation of our leaders. I hope that this message encourages you to pray for our leaders and to pray for all nations. God bless you.